Here's Johnny. I'll be back. And you will know my name is the Lord. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Groovy. Welcome to Box Office Pulp, the movie podcast symbiotically bonded to movies, madness, and moxie. And our normally not-so-fearless leader, Cody Alft, is currently incommunicado at the moment, uh, traveling to parts unknown, far away from his normal recording booth. So, with the boss out of town, we're going to get away with something very special tonight. Mike, what movie are we doing a box office pulp-branded mini-bop on? We are bowing down to the god of the symbiotic this evening. To discuss Venom. And nothing can stop us. Nothing. No one can tell us not to. Not even God can stand in our way now. We ensured that. We are Venom, all of us. I mean, actually, uh, I'm Jamie Marshall, and uh, I believe your name was... No, this is the the first time you've ever asked me my name. Well, I, I don't like to presume... I understand boundaries are very important, especially on a podcast. Andrew, Andrew, it's been Andrew. You've been calling me Mike since 2012. Oh, oh. My friends it's... call me Andy. You will call me Andrew. Are you sure your middle name isn't Mike? It's Muhammad. What's funny is if Cody was here, he would have lost his shit when I said Muhammad. <laughs> Like, can't you just picture that? Why. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was an interesting pool. I like that. <laughs> but yeah, we're talking about Venom, because yeah, we're, we're those people. We're the kind of people who like Venom. And uh, I can only speak for myself, but I know I have always had a fond appreciation for this character, as oddly controversial as he is in nerd cultures. It's a strangely controversial opinion. You, you, you know me. You know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a venom fella. I'm a venom and carnage fella. I know how you make fella. your living. <laughs> Carnaging. Um, I, I have always loved and had a soft spot for these characters, and saw through a lot of. Um, I can't believe I'm about to say this. Stereotyping of venom <laughs> as something venom is not. Venom is a very interesting character. Um, yeah, he's a little excess. Yeah, sometimes he can be a little ridiculous, but sometimes ridiculous is fun. It's called comic books. Yeah, the worst thing you can say about Venom is he was super overexposed, but then again, so was Wolverine. Yeah. I don't know what it is about growing up in the early 90s. Venom and Carnage just kind of become your go-to monster characters. Very much so, yeah. They, they, uh... (sighs) Venom especially. Uh, I think it was just the idea of um, evil Spider-Man. Like, Carnage came and went after Maximum Carnage, but Venom was always the go-to of monster. We need a monster. Venom. Let's throw Venom in there. Yeah, and I think a lot of people from our generation have kind of a childhood affinity for that character the same way other generations had that for, like, Dracula and Frankenstein's monster. Like, just, that's your early childhood image of what a boogeyman looks like that's shoved in your face every Saturday morning. Yeah, he. I mean, he was such a cool image to 
to see in cartoons or in comics. And it was just, and I think there's something visceral about, I remember, I, I remember in a comic book documentary, Kevin Smith talked about how there was something, there was a mystique behind Wolverine's claws being a weapon that was already always just there. Like you just unsheathed it from his hands and snit, like he had claws there. And Venom kind of works the same way, where it's just Eddie Brock walking around, and then suddenly, boom, the symbiote's on him, and he's a giant monster. You know, it's it's why kids like like werewolves and shit. Venom's kind of the same way. It's the, it's the you know, that all-powerful thing just there, kind of lurking beneath the skin. Yeah, it's kind of a uh, dark reversal of the Captain Marvel Shazam uh, wish-fulfillment fantasy. Yeah. It's bam, instant monster. Not to mention... Venom is always brought to both Spider-Man and Marvel, something that's weirdly rare, which is flat-out horror. Like, DC is chock-full of horror characters. There's very little horror in the Marvel Universe. Like, not only is Venom a cool monster, he's also a cool alien. He's also a cool slasher villain. He's also, like specifically a melt character which is yeah. very, very <laughs> rare like there's not a lot of goo based villains he's got kind of a blob thing going on with his power set yeah so as as ridiculous as it always seemed to really push for a solo venom movie especially in a, a universe without spider-man because those characters seem at the time always seemed so uh so linked in a way that you couldn't possibly separate ironically like this this just seemed like a bad idea from the beginning oh like, yeah this was born to be a lol cow yeah we were all lamenting especially as spider-man enters the mcu it's i mean as much as our feelings for this movie will become more and more clear um th there's still always that stink of spider-man's now been robbed of venom on film because we got a little bit of Venom in Spider-Man 3, but that is nobody's favorite part of the Spider-Man movie. That's nobody's favorite Spider-Man movie. Yeah, it's less said about that, the better. So knowing we could have gotten like a pitch perfect, like bl black suit Spidey storyline leading into a Venom movie or something. Now that's not going to happen. Um, it's why when this was announced, it's like, OK, this is going to happen. And that sucks, but hopefully it will be good and maybe won't make any money. So then Marvel can be able to use Venom. Obviously, that didn't. And that happen was the best case scenario. <laughs> yeah, um, obviously that didn't happen because uh, now we're it made all of the money in the world, and unfortunately we are getting other Sony movies off of that, um, which will just rob Spider Man of more characters. Uh, not that I expected uh. Morbius to show up in the MCU or anything like that, um, but. If you're going to do Venom solo, there's certain things you have to do. And honestly, they did a really good job of adapting Venom as a solo outside of Spider-Man character, as sacrilegious as that is, as sad as it is that's stealing from Spider-Man. And honestly, Venom kind of deserved to make the money it did. I'm, yeah, I'm saying that. Yeah. This is a legitimately good movie. And going, going to what we were saying earlier, like, it was weird. Having that flip of, wow, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Venom deserves better than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> to, oh, this is 
almost a better movie than Venom deserves. <laughs> this is prestige Venom. This elevated Venom to like being legit in a way. It's definitely made with an eye of, hey, we get Venom. Like, we get that there's stuff in Venom that's really interesting. And it does leave some interesting stuff out, unfortunately, that I do wish was in there, like the Catholicism and some of, some of Eddie's character. But it actually does hone in on other things, expands on them, or alters them for more of a solo story. Um, and it brings in many different elements that have been in the comics. Uh, you know, some It has some early Venom stuff, has some Lethal Protector stuff, has... Some early Eddie stuff has some later Eddie and Venom stuff. You know, the more split personality is from a very certain subset of comic books versus some other stuff it pulls from. Really, this ends up feeling like an MCU Venom movie. Like, they combined all of the disparate threads of the character that have never really been all together to make him really something special. Yeah. Because the... The way Eddie Brock and Venom are portrayed in this movie is fascinating. I can just watch an entire movie or entire TV show of them just interacting like around their apartment. Yeah, it feels like, I think I said this when we were watching it, it feels like the perfect pilot to a Venom Netflix series. Oh, very much so, yeah. Which and it, it gives you such a cool take on Venom. The idea of Eddie Brock not as like, a sleazy, uh, a disgraced journalist who's always living on the edge and is a, a very Travis Bickle character. Like We see Eddie Brock as a legitimately crusading journalist yeah. who's still kind of sleazy and kind of a douchebag, but you still are 100% behind him. And even whenever he bonds with Venom, Venom is everything you want Venom to be. <laughs> like, he's an awesome party monster. I basically took Venom from the PlayStation 1 Spider-Man game and gave that to movie Venom, which I've long maintained is the superior Venom. Oh, it's just by and large. Surf the web. Surf the web. <laughs> and he has, the, he has that perfect Venom voice. Like, Venom's just off the page, and he's just having a good time. The movie is having a good time. And I, I, we were watching it earlier, and this is something. This is something I've felt since it came out, which is all that's missing from Venom is a heavy metal soundtrack and the credit directed by Wes Craven. And <laughs> I both say that legitimately and comparing it to the film Shocker, like it's the it's the Shocker of the superhero movies. But even Shocker is not as self aware as Venom is. Everything with Venom is done very specifically with tone in mind. It's why it gets away with everything. It's why it can have ridiculous scenes, because it's having so much fun with itself. Oh, it's a perfect superhero action comedy. It's, it, and love it's story. More com and love story. <laughs> That's the amazing thing about this movie. It has an incredible structure to it. For, for something that gets talked about like it's The Room, it has a very traditional three-act structure. It's just the structure of a romantic comedy. Yeah. Very intentionally, uh, we, too, it should be said. Yeah, th this is a movie that proudly displays a pride flag in its opening credits. Like, it wants you to know it's playing things very loose. <laughs> like, Eddie and Venom essentially have a meet-cute. Like, they're, like, the... 
second act ends with them breaking up, essentially. And then a confession of love following that. Like, there's a scene where the Venom symbiote comes clean with Eddie and admits that on his planet, he's kind of a loser. It's like a scene out of 500 Days of Summer. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Yeah. This is the real Mark Webb Spider-Man movie. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's a, it's a fun back and forth they have whenever, like, yeah, Eddie and the symbiote become best fucking friends with a lot of amazing subtext you did not expect Venom to have, but it's kind of perfect for Venom. Like, this movie isn't isn't just being thrown out there um, haphazardly or just for like, hey, let's release an action movie. Like, it's got some stuff. Like, I'm not saying it has, like, like hardcore stuff to say, but it's um, it's kind of a fun pride movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... And it's not out of nowhere. There has always been a homoerotic angle yeah. to the Venom and symbiote relationship. It's just super, super buried because it's from 90s comic books. And it's not something that's even, like, 100% unintentional on McFarlane's uh, side, I don't, I don't feel. Uh, Venom has always been portrayed very, portrayed very much as a metaphor for addiction, and it's hard to get into addiction metaphor without the the waters between that and romance being a bit muddied. Yeah. Especially in a medium like comic books, where even relationships are portrayed so melodramatically that they're as self-destructive as addiction can be. So that's something that's always been there, like ripe for the taking for a Venom writer. I'm glad this movie's kind of pushed that idea into the mainstream. I've been very happy to notice that uh, among the minority of people who understand what the movie is going for and are on its wavelength, like this is as a big following in the queer community. They seem to have, they seem to have really picked up on what was being put out there, which is fucking delightful because yeah I'm, I'm really glad we, to see that it makes more sense than the babadook yeah we, we don't get a whole lot of media that we can really call our own and as as important as it is to like support media made by queer people about queer people like as pretext there is something nice whenever something from the other side is also kind of for us yeah, it's a, it's a nice gesture that I think means a whole lot, especially in today's today's pop culture. Yeah, well, it's it's like um, how many people have talked about stuff like Black Panther or even stuff or more, actually more appropriately, maybe like Blade, where, you know, it, they the racial racial connotations of that kind of movie aren't really at the forefront other than Blade happens to be black. And there is some 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 subtext in there, but it's mostly like a fun action horror movie. And I think Venom kind of works the same way, where it's like there is queer sub. There's it's very in your face queer subtext at that. Like that's what they're going for. But it's also just a fun like horror action movie. And I think that's as important as the more pretextual stuff. Uh, that's you know, more like just as important as the dramas that tackle issues, because yeah. it's truly something that's more equal when those communities are treated equally in that they get the full spectrum of entertainment instead of just, yeah. hey, here's something that's going to make you fucking cry. Yeah, as like one example we've always returned to uh, 
in our movie discussions is uh, the character of Ben from Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. And how the most bold thing in that movie is an intelligent black man who is a capable leader and is strong and handsome and takes no shit from any white people is the main character of that movie. And the movie has no idea that that's going on. <laughs> like, that's just portrayed as normal. Yeah. Nothing racial is in that movie as intended. And sometimes that's more powerful than guess who's coming to dinner. And I know it seems weird to throw Venom in like that category, but it's true. Like Venom c- kind of wants to be, <laughs> to be that. It loves being a Trojan horse, especially for a character that's been so associated with jock culture over the years, yeah. which has always been odd for me as a Spider-Man fan because Venom's a parody of that. Like, his role in the Spider-Man mythology is being the big, dumb football player who beats up Peter. Yeah. He's, like, he's designed, like, look-wise, Eddie is supposed to look like he's from an 80s movie or something. Like, it's very clear. Yeah, even even the fucking, the symbiote head looks like a football helmet. Yeah, it was all very intentional. I mean, hell, half the brilliance of Flash Thompson eventually getting the Venom symbiote was... It was kind of a full circle moment for the concept of the character. It completed the metaphor. Yeah. And there's something really cool about taking a character with that kind of baggage and immediately, with no hesitation, making it an inversion of that. Like As you pointed out uh, when we were rewatching it, the brilliance of Hardy's performance in this is there is not a hint of machismo or chauvinism to eddie brock he's kind of a like as much of a uh hoodie and sweatpants wearing kind of guy is he's very metro yeah yeah very 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 metro um metro with some just like normal guy schlubbiness and when venom comes in with his machismo he's really more of a bear yeah (laughs) like he's a big wovable hairy lumberjack I just wants to squeeze his his slime husband, <laughs> and it and it gets and it gives them an odd couple kind of territory to play in, and removes anything questionable from Eddie in regards to it because it just makes Venom's um, kind of out of date machismo more funny than anything else, just because it's coming from a weird alien blob. So that it's just is very, ridiculous. very gay and doesn't understand that that's anything that he should repress. Yes, like, it's just super gay and it's delightful. Yeah, I'm surprised that hasn't dominated the discussion over this movie. Like, they make out and the symbiote says to Eddie that he loves him. Well, people would have to pay attention to the movie uh, <laughs> legitimately to be able to get any of that, like... You know, everyone who fucking shits on Venom, honestly, you're missing out on a lot of good stuff. Uh, As I've been saying for the past year, if this movie were released by Blumhouse and called Symbiote, it would be on everybody's top ten list. Yep. You'd be freaking out over how it deftly bounces between tones and how it doesn't take itself too seriously and is honestly the most good-natured superhero movie I've seen in years. It's like this and Shazam. It's, yeah. Like this is a very wholesome film. It's so pleasant and to it's watch. Venom. Yeah, it's like it's just pleasant to watch. Like I like sitting down to watch Venom. 
Like Venom has Eddie's back. He tries to repair his broken relationships <laughs> with good advice. He gives him advice. Venom gives Eddie relationship advice. And, it, it, like, Annie's uh, new uh, fiancé is, like, a really good dude who likes Eddie, and Eddie likes him, and Eddie's really happy that she's found a good person. And <laughs> like, it basically it, has the tone of Ant-Man. Yeah, it definitely has the tone of Ant-Man. And I love that, because that's played so sincerely. And then you have scenes like Venom taking down the SWAT team, which is, like, an amazing, like horror action scene that's also done very sincerely and that's i've said this a thousand times whenever adapting these characters that's the key just to do everything with maximum sincerity don't don't shy away from one tone or try to play some kind of balancing act just go for it and venom goes for it yeah that's what i love about this movie like as much of a love letter to venom as it is it's also a love letter to 90s comics which, yeah. as much as they embarrassed the community for so long, uh, sometimes w with good reason and sometimes not. Like The one thing you could never say that 90s comics weren't worth enthusiastic. 90s comics have more enthusiasm to them than Golden Age comics. Oh, yeah. And this movie is very much like that 1995 Image Comics Kids just out of high school, just drawing awesome stuff to amuse their friends, <laughs> kind of feeling to it. And it so kind of has that punk Like it or not, feel. it's very much part of comic books. Very much so, and I think people need to accept that much more, uh, especially the being able to look back through history. Like, 90s comics are just as important to history than, honestly, 80s or 70s comics or 2000s comics or anything else. Like, they have a place, and they tell a till a piece of the tapestry of the story of comic books and yeah venom is like the first outside of deadpool probably um but even more so than deadpool truly a love letter to that like because it's even more so than venom comics from the 90s like riot yeah right don't tell me go me wrong riot's lame in the movie but he's like, just gray dookie venom very disappointing um origin villain um <laughs> But it's like his giant arm blades and stuff. Like, it's so much bigger and more than that actual stuff from Venom comics. Like, that's just a 90s aesthetic. It's more of an image aesthetic than a Venom aesthetic. And God, fucking speaking of the arm blades, like, one thing that blew us both away with this film is its attention to detail when it comes to really specific comic book things <laughs> like exactly how the symbiotes are supposed to churn when they're in symbiote form or the exact way venom emotes with his eyes this is one of the most randomly comic accurate comic book films ever it's strange right like there's there's unwritten rules when it comes to comic book characters and sometimes they do get adapted into other medium uh, most often, like, cartoons. But even cartoons, sometimes, they, they can only get them so right. Cartoons, for the most part, have at least dabbled and gotten close to doing symbiote stuff pretty much like it looks like or sounds like in your head. Um, Venom just gets it right. Like, the symbiotes churn correctly. The sound effects of the symbiotes moving around is what they sound like in your head. 
Venom's voice is what Venom sounds like in your head. Like the like the tendrils coming out like have the weight of them that you'd expect Venom's tendrils to have. Yeah, and they have that sinewy, like inner interlocking look that they're supposed to have and the way they move, stuff that you build up in your imagination whenever you're looking at the page or, or reading text or whatever. And clearly this shows that the people making the movie were fans and they got that and they went for it. This is a movie where the astronaut who's initially killed by Venom is J. Jonah Jameson the third. It's in the credits. That shit's canon. J- solely because of the animated series. That's the only <laughs> place that exists. That's not in the comics, not in the games. That is from the 90s show. Like, I even, like, I feel like every aesthetic choice that does not come directly from the comics is from the fucking 90s show. Yeah, there's a ton of the fucking 90s show in the movie. Ton. Like, the effect they use on the voice is almost identical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, everything, everything, like, cartoon-wise has mostly copied the 90s effect to varying degrees. Sometimes they downplay it more, but they just, yeah, they just pretty much recreated what Venom sounds like in the 90s. There's even stuff like uh, the scene later on in the movie where uh, Eddie's saying goodbye to Anne and Venom, Venom's out. It's like, no, you must stay. We must fight this battle alone. That is totally out of nowhere, serious, noble Venom from every Venom story in the 90s. <laughs> like, that's that's my favorite Venom thing. Just out of nowhere, the clown character suddenly becomes Martian Manhunter when innocent <laughs> life is at stake. <laughs> Which is like kind of the fun thing about Venom is Venom is both simultaneously... Um, like a heavy metal album cover. Like you said, he's kind of a clown character. And then suddenly he'll like, if you need to, snap him into seriousness. And suddenly he's like noble. Yeah, like another uh, underrated comic book movie from la- uh, from last year, uh, Batman and Harley Quinn. Like I like how that movie has the full spectrum of Harley Quinn in one movie somehow. This movie is all of Venom. And it's Venom, so it's like, how? How <laughs> and why? Gotten, we haven't quite gotten that with Spider-Man yet. We got it with Venom. Yeah, that's a weird fucking thought. And man, just, it's just fun. Like, it's just such a, it's such an, I have a blast every single time I watch Venom. Like, it's enjoyable to watch. It's fun as hell. The characters are great. It's the, the thing that was shocking us was how perfectly paced the film is. It has a better three-act structure than most modern blockbusters. Yeah. Like, like, it's, it's an old-school movie structure. It feels like it belongs in the 90s. Like, it, it's very, kind of a 90s very action so. movie. And it's got plenty of character. Like, you go in, you expect a mid-2000s Fox superhero movie. You're expecting Ghost Rider. Yeah, and you don't get that. Like, you know, do you get something from the MCU? Not really. But that's why I kind of like it. Like, I think that's why the general audiences who aren't comic book fans or just people on the internet who kind of had a bias against it. And don't get me wrong, I finally sat down and watched it expecting it to be bad. Mostly out of word of mouth, but just also you just kind of expect it like, okay, it's probably going to be bad. Even though I enjoyed the trailers. But 
you don't get that. You the adrenal audience, I think, latched onto it because it's weird and it's different and it's having a it's having a lot of fun, but not in a mindless sort of way. Like it's yeah, it's a fun popcorn movie, but in the right way. You know, it's not in the to me. There's a difference between like a fun popcorn movie and then what like. Just as equally, a lot of the MCU movies, some of the lighter ones, are fun popcorn movies. You know, uh, Homecoming is kind of a fun popcorn movie. Ant-Man, fun popcorn movie. You know, they do have other stuff going on, and you know, but that's what they are. And I think in a lot of people's heads, fun popcorn movie means like the Transformers movies now. And yeah, people are terrified that the next b- great big stupid is going to appear and they'll be powerless to stop it. Yeah, and that's not like no Transformers. The Michael Bay Transformers movies are just bad. Like, look at the look at you know the last Transformers movie, The Last Night versus Bumblebee. Bumblebee is a fun fucking popcorn movie, and it's also like an Amblin movie. It's also got kind of deep stuff to it, and it's a lot of fun and you know kind of emotional. Fun popcorn does not denote like emotional or character or. It does not mean mindless. And Venom's not mindless. Venom's got a lot of character to it. It's It's got an arc to it. like, And it's still a blast. And it's still something you can have fun with. And like I said, it's weird. And I think the general audience wanted something kind of weird with their superhero movie. So a monster superhero? Perfect. And, and as you said, if this wasn't based on a comic, if it wasn't connected with the the Sony Marvel controversy. It wasn't a Spider-Man-less Spider-Man character. If it wasn't Venom. If it wasn't Venom, it would be treated like it was Upgrade. Like, everyone would be fucking in love with it between the, the queer subtext, between how much fun it is, the ridiculousness, the self-awareness of it. Um, Tom Hardy pulling another Tom Hardy. Oh, just, and with dual roles at that. Um... <laughs> And fucking directed by Reuben Fleischer, the Zombieland guy, for Christ's sake. Like, everyone would be in love with Venom. This is technically a prestige movie. It has a prestige director and cast. Yep. And, you know, honestly, I, I'm more just like, I feel bad for people who to kind of won't allow themselves to enjoy Venom. Like, there's a lot of complaints about Venom I don't understand. Like, certain things, the like, the stuff with the villain, like, yeah, the villain's lame. But um, how many fucking lame villains have been in, like, origin movies or or whatnot? So it's not that surprising. Um, All I can really say about Venom is, like, negatively is Riot sucks and it's chopped down a little bit. Yeah. Again, you can say that about one-third of Marvel movies. Remember, remember Doctor Strange with its villain just kind of on the cutting room floor somewhere for us never to see? Or the first Ant-Man? Or God, Thor the Dark World. <laughs> and people saying that Venom was, like, worse than Thor the Dark World are hilarious. So I just kind of feel like, I feel more bad, like, oh, you if only you would open your heart to Venom, you'd be enjoying <laughs> that, yourself. That's all Venom wants. Venom just wants to party with you. It's true. Venom just, Venom just wants to have a good time. Like, he just wants to grab some glow sticks and dance. He wants <laughs> you to dance with him. Box Office Pulp says, change your hearts or die. <laughs> and if you would like to open up your hearts to box office pulp you can leave us a rating or review on the thing that replaced itunes i 
I think it's like uh, an earpiece or something. Mike, help me out here. Um, po- podcasts. <laughs> you just yell podcast. Podcast. <laughs> just, just go with iTunes. It's everyone's just gonna forever call it iTunes. <laughs> that is like the, by the way, just the weirdest branding mistake in modern history, right? Let's just have our iTunes replacement be named something else, despite the fact that it's iTunes. <laughs> that won't irritate people. Can I just can I just get on a soapbox for a second? <laughs> I do not understand why everyone is so befuddled by this iTunes thing. Because, like, no joke, like, I'll make fun of it, but it's really not that complicated. All they did was change iTunes being the umbrella for movies, music, and podcasts, and TV. So now movies are in their own separate thing, TV's in their own separate thing, music's in their own separate thing, and podcasts are in their own separate thing. I don't know where everyone got that podcasting will no longer exist, and Apple, I guess, is going out of business. I don't know where all of these came from. Oh, I saw so many bulletins warning people that all of iTunes was about to be deleted. You were losing all your music. This is what happens when people don't read the articles and they just read the headlines. (laughs) I do want to say, I would love for Apple to just pull a fucking Heath Ledger joker and just light all their money on fire. (laughs) That would be awesome. We're We're getting rid of everything except the watch. Everything's going except the goddamn watch. The watch or, or, and Apple television. <laughs> <laughs> and not even any, like, new Apple television. We're going to bring back the old Apple TV from, like, the late 90s. <laughs> it's going to come with a shitty keyboard. You're not going to be able to do anything, but you're going to be able to browse ma- message boards. I'm sorry, bulletin boards. And then they hop into their rocket ship ship built by Steve Jobs and leave this accursed planet forever. (laughs) And go to the planet of the symbiote. See how I brought it back around thanks to space. (laughs) But yeah, if you um, want more of us ranting about Apple, I don't know. Uh, remember to subscribe and rate us on iTunes, on Stitcher. We are at boxofficepulp.com. Notice I didn't put www dot in front of that because I'm not Cody. <laughs> um, we are also on Facebook at facebook.com slash boxofficepulppodcast. And, of course, follow us on Twitter at boxofficepulp. And you can find us on you know other random podcasting places if you don't want to support Apple because of that thing <laughs> they did. Can I, is that count as slander? Can I just say that? Or am I going to get sued? Because the allegations. <laughs> and be sure to check out our many other Pulp Podcast Network shows at pulppodcastnetwork.wordpress.com. We've got shit you wouldn't believe. And like that, he's gone. I was either going to go with that or come be a loser like us. <laughs> Not like yours. This is Box Office Pulp Guy, and this has been a Pulp Podcast production. Now please, 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 put a gun in my mouth and pull the trigger and say goodnight. And now, on with the show.